We're excited to be partnered with Gulfstream Park for their championship meeting, highlighting the new Tropical Turf Pick 3, now three days a week, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The wager includes three turf races every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with a competitive 15% takeout. Additionally, the bet features a $3 minimum wager and will run even if the races are moved from the turf to the tapita. Don't miss our Tropical Turf Pick 3 handicapping shows all throughout the month of January to get all your tips and analysis. Welcome to the In The Money Players Podcast. This is our show that we are recording on Thursday, January 25th. It is our Pegasus Day show. We've got a lot of coverage elsewhere. Going to be doubling up on the Gulfstream Pick 6 on this Saturday card. That's how good it is. We'll be uh, looking at that also in a live stream happening in a couple of hours. You can always catch the replay if you can't find that live on our YouTube channel. On this show, we're going to do some spot plays. We're going to look at the Pick 6. And then I'm going to, a little bit later, do some thoughts on the Coast to Coast Wager, which I'm also very excited about for the Saturday card. We'll wrap things up talking a little sports betting with Drew Coatney. Peter Thomas Fornital, back with you in Gallery 55, upstairs from the Brooklyn Bunker, getting ready to hop on an airplane tomorrow to head down to Gulfstream Park, a place where today's first guest already is one of my oldest friends in racing and a man I always love to talk with about the races. He does such a fantastic job on the Gulfstream simulcast feed and really wherever he uh, his written content appears. He's Brian Natto. Brian, what's going on, man? PTF. So good to hear from you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me too. Everything is good. I mean, we're Pegasus week, you know, it's front and center. These races have been out and uh, weather looks great down here. That's always a big bonus. And uh, boy, I'm sure you've looked at it. The card really came together nicely too. So there's a lot of excitement down here. It's exciting. What were the vibes like there today? Were there are people in town already? Were you feeling it with the Eclipse Awards tonight? Could more industry people, a little more buzz or does that really start to pick up tomorrow? I think it'll be pick up a little more tomorrow, but certainly, you know, something's going on. I mean, the whole plan is like being transformed, you know, for Pegasus Day as it does each and every year. But there were a lot of people out here. The weather and I don't want to, you know, beat you up and everybody back. back, (laughs) I say back back home, back where I'm from, too. But uh, the weather down here has been pretty, you know, not very good, to be perfectly honest with you. It's probably been the worst winter I've experience in about 14 years down here uh it's really turned the last three or four days and we are looking at low 80s on the pegasus day which honestly you know there's been some 50s on pegasus day so we are amped up it looks like we you know knock on wood it's it's weather in south florida but it looks like we're in for a firm turf course on saturday and a fast main track and it's the old all systems go angle for saturday and we're we're amped up about it yeah I'm super glad to hear that, and I will choose my wardrobe accordingly. We can leave the the heavy stuff back home and opt for the shirt sleeves, which I'm excited about. Before we get into the pick six, which we'll go into in a little bit more depth, I wanted to ask you to give me a few thoughts on this undercard, because I know you've looked at all of this. I'll be honest. I'm relying on others uh, for the at this stage for the undercard. I plan on diving into all of it, you know, stakes action starting as soon as race number six. But we start off at 11 a.m., super early start time. If you were to pick a spot early in the card, where would you lead us? Well, this early pick five is a bear. I mean, it's going to pay big. It's like you said, 11 a.m. is early. Um, if 
I feel like in my best bets, actually the anchor race and that's race number five, no value really with ice chocolate at two to one on the morning line, but the class drop here is significant. And the fact that his, he's two turns in this spot and his last race at two turns uh, was in the four star Dave when he ran a bang up third to our old buddy Casa Creed. So, you know, I think he's an anchor to me in race number five. And that's really important, Pete, because I'll tell you what, the, the first and third on the turf are, are literally by races, you know, spread as deep as you as you can go in there. I do think in the opener, the four Rosie's alibi for Todd Pletcher trying turf. She's a half the roses for Deborah now, who is a crack, as we know, one turn turf turf horse sprinter well they're going to stretch this one out on the turf at least for the first time she's going to try it she might get loose unfortunately she's owned by my racehorse so that kind of hurts your value there um but i think she's interesting i will say this i am race number two pete is the maiden special weight that brought us mage last year the pegasus day maiden special weight Gustavo Delgado's got a horse in there, Victory Avenue, who's rumored to be a runner. You can see it. Very fast works. The two Pletcher horses, especially the one speakeasy with Irad, I'm really against the, those two. And they're going to get bet. You know they will. Uh, I'm kind of against them. I think Brian Lynch has got a horse in the 11, Tapakena, that uh, Brian's been so hot down here. So I'm going to use some of those horses. And like I said, spreading in the right spots. Race three is a big spread. And I kind of get I don't know if lucky is the right word, but I, I'm fortunate that I have such a strong opinion in race five that I can afford to do the spreading earlier on and trying yeah. to get a price. It makes sense. You might be yeah. able to turn that two to one into something a lot more than that. That's exactly. a spot I've already heard contest players saying they're going to be taking a big shot and potentially should remind folks that uh, Pegasus World Cup betting challenge, you can play on site, you can play online, you can sign up late, 6000 for an entry, but 5000 of it is the bankroll. So if you're a big better anyway, you're only giving that extra 1000 to the prize pool. They're seeding it with 50K. Very good opportunity to bet your money in the context of the contest and get a little bit more out of it. PWCBC.com, the place to find more. You mentioned the horse Rosie's Alibi in the first course name for a friend of the show, Rosie Rotundo. Peter, Peter Rotundo and, uh, and Shona's uh, baby, who's not, not really a baby anymore, more of a toddler, uh, definitely a sentimental root for Rosie's alibi and definitely a horse that makes sense. Maybe she can be the speed of the speed yeah. in that spot. What about this middle card? we got some extra wagers, I noticed, Brian, in the middle of the card today. There's an additional pick four and, uh, and an additional – there's an additional pick five somewhere yeah. too in here. Yeah, race um, four. Yeah, race four starts that additional pick five, and then and then race six, a pick four starts. What about the middle of the card? Anything uh, to highlight in there before we get to these pick six races we're going to talk about? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool that we added that. Um, you know, race six, a La Proviante, you know, I, I hesitate to call it a match race, but either Romanja Mia or R. Cali Kim is going to win the race. Um, they should. And I went with our Cali Kim. I don't think it does anybody any favors, Pete. You know this as well as anybody as a gambler. You know, using both horses equally is not a path to success at the racetrack. I think you have to have an opinion. Mine is with our Cali Kim. So maybe I can get a little leverage there. 
Uh, the Tapita race in race seven is real good group. I came to county final. I thought he ran big running into the teeth of a, of a pace that absolutely fell apart last time. Uh, the horses that were one, two early in that Tapita race were eight, nine late, and he was chasing in third, and that's where he finished. So that was one of those kind of sneaky, hidden good efforts, and I think he's yeah. in a good spot uh, there. Um, you know, you got to say it, Pete. Chad Brown has just been so cold down here, and he's got horses in the McKnight and the one Francesco Clemente and the three Stone Age that are going to be bad. I think you get a lot of value trying to beat him, and I think Verstappen. That's how I saw it. Yeah, you're with me. I mean, I think Verstappen in there, the seven horse for Brendan Walsh, who's well, he's long overdue to get a, to get a, get going too. I think he's pretty interesting uh, as well, and. I like Bluefield a little bit in the inside information. It's a it's a it's a group that's very evenly matched on paper, and she gets an extra furlong to work with, and she was running on late, and I think she at what should be a decent little price could surprise in there. Some very good ideas. Those are the first two races of the pick six. Right. Race eight kicks off the tropical park. A tropical park. I keep saying that. The tropical turf pick three. JK and I have a whole show going over that one, the McKnight mile and a half. And I think you make a good point. I, I said similar on the show, trying to lean against those Chad Browns. And I like Verstappen. That would be my top pick. I think a horse that that's just a little bit better than the bear form suggests making that move into the fast pace the last day. I also give cellist a squeak in the McKnight, a horse that has some fast pace figures and some back races, especially that Sycamore effort from Keeneland last fall that I think could win this 12 to one on the morning line. I thought was maybe a little bit of an interesting item. Did you have any others you wanted to put forward in race eight? Well, he's, you know, I, I was going spread in there and, and Chellis, I didn't have on my ticket, but he is interesting because like you said, that Sycamore was a pretty, pretty bold run. The horse I find, I don't know, if, nobody knows, for, but with Grand Sonata, you look at the pedigree with Medallia Dor on top and AP Indy on the bottom for Todd and, and, and Whisper Hill. Uh, he was a horse that was compromised in the local Fort Lauderdale behind main event in Kings Max, who we'll see in the Pegasus World Cup turf. He's interesting to me, getting a mile and a half to work with. Um, Pete, anybody in this race, and, and again, I don't need to tell you this, whoever you like is a length or two slower than whoever the next person likes. And it's that kind of race, going to need to work out a trip at a mile and a half in three turns. And Grand Sonata, I think, will be a very inviting price if you want to string along with him. I'll send the seven and the nine forward in the little notes I send out from these shows. Let me give our- you one more too, quickly. Anglophile has been training up a storm. Yeah. Bad, bad, bad post. But Brian Lynch, my goodness, what a meet he's had. I think he's live in this spot too, and he should be a square price. Let's move it back to the inside information. You made the Bluefield case. I find it very compelling. You got some live looking favorites in here as well in the form of Intrepid Daydream and Mary Quite Contrary. Where do you stand with them? Is this one where you're you're confidently betting against them or would you consider having one or both of them on your tickets? I think, Pete, if you're playing a real ticket, you're you're not doing yourself any favors by leaving them off because, listen, Mary Quite Contrary, uh, she owns this place. She's seven yeah. for nine winning, nine for nine in the exacta. She won this race last year. She's one of those horses. We've seen it so often. Such a cool horse that they only do just enough. And they don't wow you on speed figures. And they got nothing sexy on on the page. But what do they do at the end of the day? They get their picture taken every single time. And, you know, I was against her in the rampart. And it was cool to see her win. She didn't beat anything. The only other horse in the race didn't fire. Nostalgic for Godolphin. She was dreadful. 
But hey, there's Mary again, getting her picture taken after a mile. And she's going to get some hitting up front. I think you have to use her. I, I will say this with Intrepid Daydream, and I, I've got to use her too. I'm 193 on my ticket, Pete. Um, yep. They asked a lot of Intrepid Daydream last time. And what I mean by that was, I believe it was literally a week before that they dipped in and purchased her privately up in Maryland out of those races. She had won four straight up in Maryland. I talked to Safi down here, Safi Joseph Jr. He said, listen, I got to rely on Gary Capuano and his training to get this horse today, get her home. Um, she had a didn't really have a trip, but she got what happened was she got run off her feet by a freakish spirit wind, and she was on the hard chase the entire way, and she kept grinding. And I think she answered the bell showed she belongs down here and now Safi's had her and he's had her for over a month or you know month and a half he's put a couple good drills in her i do expect her to move forward in this spot and and i don't think you can play a real ticket without having her number on there makes sense it's a very uh, very compelling case for that one race number 10 pegasus world cup philly and mare turf first of the pegasus races grade two action uh, for these Phillies and Mares four and up going a mile and a 16th on the turf. And the question we start with here and JK and I were fully oppo. Well, not fully oppo because I was going to leave in defensively, but he was all about star fortress. Brian, I have questions. Lone turf race on the day, uh, Churchill turf course from back in November that could maybe best be described as janky horses have come out of that race and run well, but I just don't fully trust her. So I spread around in here. Jonathan was much more sanguine about her chances. How do you see this Philly and Mare turf? Yeah, I think that's fair, Pete. You know, Samantha talks about this quite a bit down here, uh, my partner, and, and I believe her and I agree with her. That you, you I think you said janky or whatever. Yeah. Um, one of those words you said, I didn't know what it meant, but I, I got the <laughs> <laughs> I got the gist of what you're saying, buddy. Um, <laughs> but Star Fortress, if you take, if you know, to not speaking for JK, but it sounds like he's taking the race at face value. Um, if that's the case, they're not going to beat her. I mean, my goodness, can you come up with like a, uh, I don't know, it was almost like a Razi like, and that was her first U.S. race. And my goodness, if that's what you're throwing down in your first start, where do we go from here? Um I, I just feel like it was so good to win off by 10 with a monster speed figure, whatever kind of figure you're using. Um, you know, she's, you got to take her legitimately. It doesn't mean you have to pick her to win. Um, but as what you kind of alluded to, uh, there ain't nothing like the Gulfstream Park turf course compared to Churchill Downs. So she's going to have to, she will get thrown at a different set of circumstances on Friday. We've talked already about how that's going to be a firm, fast, hard turf course. How is she going to handle that remains to be seen. Um, but I am going to use her. I mean, again, I think this is, Pete, of the three Pegasus races, this is the one where I think you're allowed to spread a little bit. Fair enough. Who else will be part of your spread? Well, I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to hope like heck that Ruby Nell can last for about one minute and, and 40 seconds because mm -hmm. her speed, her speed from California is unmatched. Um, she's never run against a group like this, but I don't see any reason, any way she doesn't have her own way up front in the last two times she did that. I don't know what happened in the matriarch um, to her credit. She still ran on, even though when she, I don't know why she didn't get the lead that day, but, the races around it and the Lady Shamrock and the Autumn Miss, and they were events three-year-olds, and 
They're almost meaningless in the terms of who she's facing today, but she absolutely speed popped the field. And uh, you won't have to look hard to find her on Saturday. She's in front. She should be loose. Frankie DeTore knows how to read this form, and he's going to, I'm sure Richard Mandela, the Hall of Famer, is going to tell him, you are loose in this race and just try to get her home. And we have seen it time and time again. We have not run a turf race as classy as this one, Pete, but we've seen it time and time again. Horses get brave. The turf carries them home when it's fast and firm. And hopefully that's the case with Ruby now on Saturday. I like your case. I love the switch to the Tory. Nothing against Maldonado, but the, this these Hall of Fame connections and the speed of Roby Nell. I definitely have her very much in my in my mix. Didia, another one. I'm definitely gonna be trying to include. I think on the show I I made cases for uh, the other show. I made cases for Fluffy Socks and Mission of Joy as well. Sure. Very, very spready for me. In the end, is it those two for you, or do you have a third one on your ticket? No, I'm I'm with you, Pete. I'm, I think Fluffy Socks, she's too classy not to get a piece of this. I worry that she runs out of room. I worry yeah. that she's pace compromised. She's way too good and classy not to put on your ticket. Didia with you there. I mean, very sneaky in here, and she didn't run all that poorly in the Breeders' Cup Philly Ameriturf with a less than advantageous trip. Listen, Queen Goddess, I know she might not be the same horse, but the one race over this course was a win in this race last year. Look at how she runs, Pete. Why isn't she going to get a similar trip on Saturday? And you mentioned Mission of Joy. Um, I don't really know. Yeah, I don't really know where the QE2 came from, but that's another one of those races. If you take it at face value, you have she has to be an A in here. She was third to Maj with a big, big figure, and we know what she came back to do. So um, there's a lot going on in here, Pete, and I think this is clearly, at least to me, uh, to my eyes, this is the spread race in the sequence. All right, we see it very, very similarly. I still want to try to grind on it a little bit more and at least – you know, categorize them a bit more into A's and B's, the one I want to use. I wasn't originally going to use Queen Goddess, but now that both you and JK have made cases for, and I'm spreading five deep, it's like yeah. at that point, you might as well throw in a sixth horse the way that I see the world. Well, that's exactly it, because you got to remember, too, if you're playing this ticket, it's not like it's going to pay $124. So she wins by four again at $6.80, and it pays 17000 or whatever. You know, you're going to feel kind of silly that for whatever it happened to be, for 48 extra dollars or something, you went seven deep and didn't have her. That's that's how I'm approaching it, you know? I hate getting beat in spread races. One of the many, yeah. many lessons I learned spending all those months working with uh, Mike Maloney on his uh, book, Betting with an Edge. Let's move on to race number 11, the grade three Hooper mile on the dirt here. Field of 12 going postward, and we're going to have a very big favorite in the form of number one, Hajazi. Brian, are you with or against? Yeah, it's a, isn't it the it's an eye of the beholder race, Pete. If you if you like him, he's a single. I mean, they're not going to beat him. I, I I'll say this: I picked Steel Sunshine. The only reason I did, I wanted to bet him wherever he popped up after the Hollands Holiday because I thought he ran really sneaky good in there. He was the only horse to make up any ground in a speed race at the short one turn, uh, two turn stretch finish line race. He's back at a one turn mile. I think that's his best trip. Uh, so I'm he's the only other horse I'm using because the the Point blank, Hajazi is very likely to just pop this field. He's so good. He's so talented. You saw the second to Speedboat Beach. Um, you know, if he runs his race, I don't, why wouldn't he get a mile, especially here, Pete, over a speedy track at one turn? Um, he's going to be really tough to run down. At, at, on Blood, you'd think he'd approve going a mile. Yeah. 
and you know the San Felipe when he didn't run so well. Nothing against Tim Yakteen, but we we saw a lot of these horses that switched from Baffert to Yakteen. Whatever seemed to happen in that transition, they didn't. Those horses didn't seem to run their form, run to their form. So I'm not too fussed about the failure going a mile and a sixteenth back last March. Uh, I do think Hijazi is going to take a lot of beating um, in this spot, and I like your uh, I like your idea of an alternative. I might on some combinations try to go a little bit deeper, uh, but again, we'll talk about this race more in the the live stream show you can find on YouTube that will podcast as well for Brian and his notes. I'm going to call this one three, one as we move on to race number 12 grade one action in the Pegasus turf. And I guess the question you have to start with here is which warm heart are we going to see? Uh, her form is so, so strong, but is this one of these, afterthought things because she's uh, retiring and heading to Kentucky for a date with Justify. I mean, if she runs her race, everybody else is running for second, but I don't fully want to commit to her here, Brian. I got to be honest with you. How do you see it? Am I overthinking it? Is it just all about warm heart here? No, Pete, I'm glad you brought that up. I was kind of, I guess, explaining it to a few people that, you know, we've seen this from Coolmore in the past, right? We've seen uh we've seen yeah let's just get one more in before we're off and if it's gravy if they win that's great if not way we're retiring anyway i'm not saying that i'm going to tell you that's the case here but when you're talking about a horse that you know is going to be a short price and we're again we're gambling here right those are the type of things that you've got to think about and those are the type of things as a player if you have a contrarian view or if you have a little skepticism uh, you really do get all the best of it in terms of that. I will say this, Pete, because I, it sounds like we're in agreement that she's a month and a half the best horse here. Okay, I don't think anybody's going to question that. You are you doing wrong. Yeah. yeah, if if you are, you're wrong. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the only thing now, again, we talk about the fast, firm turf course here. Okay, uh, I know she got that at Santa Anita, but the other thing is the cutback here. This is uh, this is a nope. mile and an eighth. This is going to be sharp for her now. Look at the mile and a half races, the mile and a quarter at Santa Anita, where they absolutely flew early. Um, this is going to be sharp for her, and Ryan Moore is going to have to work something out here. It's not the best post position. It's certainly not utter doom, but it's not the best post position either. Um, he does have some seemingly have some tactical speed at, at his disposal, and you know she was darn up close to that crazy pace uh, in the Philly and Mare turf, but I do feel like, Pete, there's enough just maybe, now oh, just enough little questions where you're allowed to to maybe try to, I don't know if I'm, I'm picking integration, I'm not getting clever, but you're allowed to not <laughs> single her and just say, yeah, she's the best, I'm moving on. Integration has been so awesome. The phrase I keep using is unbeaten and untested. I don't love the idea, like just like at least in theory, has to run faster and the price is going to sort of assume that he's going to do that. But I'm not, again, I mean, I, I, this would be my, I have a, I have a goofy idea in here that I'll, I'll, I'll share in a minute, but I mean, integration is a strong a on every ticket for me as well. I mean, the, as Randy Moss pointed out in the show that we did on YouTube, the, you watch the videos, you watch the tape and the horse is even better than the figures. Yeah. And I think that's important because each, they certainly haven't gotten to the bottom of him. Everything Shug has asked of him. Uh, he's done. He, I had talked to Shug the other day and he said, you know, he's just kind of the old, he's brought me here. I haven't brought him here. And he's brought me to those races. Shug's not necessarily a guy. I know the race at Colonial is sitting right in front of his face, but you know, Shug's not a guy that's going to necessarily go from a maiden special weight into the Virginia Derby. Um, listen, how much faster does he need to run? I mean, whoever, 
and I'm interested to, to come up here, your, your kind of funky idea, but um, those races are, are about as fast, if not faster than anybody in here, not named warm heart. Right. And you want to talk upside Pete, my goodness, he's got more of it than the rest of the field combined. So um, he is, you know, I'm very comfortable with, I'm very comfortable three nining it and, uh, and moving on. So I guess I'll throw it, I'll be host here for two seconds and throw it back <laughs> to you and, and see what you got, because I'm, I'm interested in clever stuff here because I don't have anything like that to offer. I'm still with, now this was my pick for the Breeders' Cup mile and it didn't work out, but I think Cheryl Spite is still mm-hmm. just one of these horses who's a little bit better than his bear form suggests. Now, granted, it's not like he had a trip in the Breeders' Cup mile. He he had a perfect trip and he had a great trip and he just wasn't able to finish. But, you know, look who he was running against. And the figure came back strong. He was beaten less than three. I mean, I think a repeat of that race puts this horse extremely close unless we get a step up from integration or warm hearts A game. And, you know, I think integration is going to run well, but, you know, trips could make the difference, et cetera. The thing with Charles Spite is those previous races were pretty much well documented as he was a bit short of full fitness, according to all the Atfield uh, quotes after the, the, the overseas trip. And he was just coming along slowly. And now back in 84 days, I, I have a feeling we're going to see something good from him. And he's double digit odds. So, I mean, is he a more likely winner than the three or the nine? No. But is he maybe a better bet at double digit odds? I think so, possibly. So I'm going to mainly, the more I look at it, I'm going to probably do this where the three and the 10 are the A's and the nine is a B because I'm not, I don't particularly want to let the fastest horse beat me in a sequence that could pay a ton. And I just, I can't conjure cases, honestly, for anybody else in the race. So that's how I'm going to play this one. If if you buy that logic at all, can you see it if you squint? Yeah, a little bit. I think my worry is, and I'm a little hard-headed and stuff like this. It's like win a race, would you? Because he hasn't done (laughs) it in a while. Um, Yes, it's been a while. yeah, it's been a while. The one of the things you said at the end though is like there's not there's not a lot of cases to be made from some of these other horses. Okay, main event won the local prep. If he gets loose, he could win again. But you know, I, I'm sorry, a tone can't win. He's just been off form. I know he won this race last year. So you go through the field and you say to yourself, well, why would this horse win? Why, you know, Jerry, the nipper is not going to win the Pegasus world cup turf. You know, I'm very busy. If it wasn't Chad and Irad, I'm very busy as you know, you could argue he's 50 to one in here. Uh, Kings max couldn't run by main event last time. It, you know, there's a, a domino, a domo just hasn't, hasn't won. So, you know, at least if nothing else, you've got a horse coming in with a very fast figure, um, kind of ran in place, like you hinted and said, with a real trip. I wondered if if nine was eight and a half or nine furlough, excuse me, at a mile and eight was a little little stretching it thin for him. But you know, I will. See, he's got fat. He's got a couple fast races, Pete, and you're a big number, and you got something to work with from when you're talking. We'll like give that. it a shot. Yeah, if you twisted my arm to put another one forward, masterpiece makes a little bit of sense on his best form as part of the uh, the yeah. continuing Richard Dutrow reunion <laughs> tour. That would be a, if I got bold and decided, you know, I'm going to try to beat warm heart that's one i might throw in there and maybe if you're throwing out warm heart maybe you could even reach for some other clever idea but i think i'd rather you know i want to be clever but i don't want to be too clever by half and i think that probably means leaving the fastest horse in the race in in some capacity and of course that's warm heart it'll be fun to see how it plays out on a saturday 
afternoon, 4.55, the scheduled post time for that one. We wrap things up and we wrap this segment of the show up with the Pegasus World Cup. Grade one action going a mile and an eighth on the dirt. Uh, Big full field in here. And my main thought in this one, Brian, and I'm curious to see what you think. I, I don't trust these favorites. I mean, I, I, they, everybody can win in the low end of the odd spectrum, but this is another one where I want to reach for something. Cause I, I, I just have too many questions about the likes of national treasure and first mission. Am I underrating those two at the top of the market? Uh, well, we're on opposite sides of the spectrum here. I, I just, uh, it's a good race, Pete. It is, but I just felt like at the end of the day, like, you know, national treasure off that breeders cup. And then here's the other thing too. here at Gulfstream Park with his running style. We've seen this race now. Uh, This is the eighth renewal of this race, and you need to be close and or up close at the very least. Yes. And, you know, the best horse in the race is either loose and controlling or if Hoist the Gold wants to go crazy early, then he's ideally two-path stalking, maybe even pressing. And, um I just, I'm not looking to beat him in this spot and, and first mission, I think first mission, I talked to Brad the other day and, you know, first mission is, is on the come and he's got some room to improve. He certainly has to, but he seems to be sitting on, on go. And I like his running style as well. Cause I don't think he's going to let anybody get too, too far away early. And this is a post position race. This is a forward race. And I think the two most talented horses I wish I had something clever and, and sounds like you might. Um, I just, I, I couldn't get by him, Pete. And I'm, I'm just singling national treasure at the end with some B B action with, with first mission. Uh, it's not a race I was looking to get overly clever with. I thought Grant Aspen ran pretty darn good in the Harlan's holiday. And he answered the acid test a little bit. He's got to move forward again. Does he have it in him? I don't know, but he's another one of those horses with, if nothing else, the right running style in here. Might throw him in as a B as well, Grand Aspen. Yes, if I'm if I'm looking to get a little more spready and a little more creative at the end, and a, and you know, I narrow down some earlier races on a backup ticket. I could like to see getting alive to him. I am going to play this where hoist the gold goes hell bent for leather. Okay, and national treasure goes hell-bent for leather, because obviously those races, the two best races, I mean, they stand out so much in the PPs when he's actually on the lead, and they were so aggressive, almost perfectly to success in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. If they go, if maybe Skippy Longstocking from the outside has to go, I don't even think he's necessarily, I don't think he's fast enough to keep up with the four and the seven if they go-go, but I think, you know, he could be another one prompting them. I want to play it for a meltdown. And the horse, I think, benefits from a meltdown. And I know it's not usually a Gulfstream thing, but I do think Senor Buscador is going to be a very big price in here, or at least a at least a decent price in here. I think he was compromised by the flow in the Cigar Mile. I'm not worried about the four lengths between him and Hoist the Gold there. Um, I just think this is a horse who's going to see a race run to suit. And figure-wise, he's just each of – it seems like every horse in this race who is going to be bet has one race that is well better than Senor Buscador's best, but like body of work wise, if you're evaluating like the whole body of work, I would put Senor Buscador barely behind them. When you look at, you know, the the big picture, I think, and look, he doesn't have to win, but for a key to run fourth, third, second, or first 
keying with the logicals, including your horses, I think that's the way I'm going to approach this race. I think the horse has a real chance. What do you think of uh, Senor Buscador before I let you get out? It's funny that I, because I made him 20 on this morning line. I wanted to make him 15. I couldn't get there. I didn't want to go over 130 points, but I, I've seen a lot of people whose opinion I, I, I respect and, and value that think he's the clear third choice in this race at like six or seven to one. And I, I still, I have it in the back of my mind. I'm like, Oh my God, did I miss this horse? Did I miss this horse? I just don't really see Pete. Um, your logic. Okay. Makes a lot of sense, but um, I don't, I feel like I, this horse has to be a big price. He never wins. Um, he's, so comp i don't care how quick they go he's so compromised here pace wise he'll be in another zip code early yeah he very well could be and listen i i was fortunate enough the 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 winter i was at fairgrounds he was there and todd fincher brought him and i got to talk and you know talk to todd a little bit and he's one heck of a horseman but um and and this is more of a morning line perspective you've got todd you've got irad you've got frankie detori paco you've got all these guys john velasquez flavian pratt bapper brock cox da, 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 da. I, I feel it hard to fathom that they're actually going to bet todd fincher and junior alvarado another you know we know how good junior is he won this race last year um that is from my perspective i think you have to get a price on him pete i think for if your sake uh i hope you do because um Back to the original premise when we started dissecting this race, um, horses just don't come from behind. Last year, it was a merry-go-round. You need position. Um, It's not a field of, you know, it's... It's a field of very good horses. They're not, you know, California Chrome and Arrogate are not in here. I readily admit that. But he's going to be spotting open open lengths to some really good horses. And quite frankly, Pete, horses with more upside than him as well. Six, uh, yeah. I mean, we we might have seen his we might have seen his best. Don't feel too bad about the line. I mean, international betting, and you know, that's their whole job. He opened at 16 and uh, has been bet a little bit into 14 but i mean it's yeah. not like you're it's not like you're way out of the picture you know i'm 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 just i'm trying i don't think it's a bad line so much as i'm just trying to be clever right. and and come up with you know when do slower horses beat faster horses yeah. they do so when they get weird pace situations and and that's why i started my my that's why my preamble was about what i think the pace is going to be and again i'm not going to I'm not going to be in the breed. I'm not betting. I'm not playing the Breeders' Cup contest. But if I were, I'm not in a hurry to bet ten thousand to win on this horse to get to a winning total. I'd much rather try to just key him to be somewhere because he is honest, and I do think he'll come running. Well, yeah, he is a somewhere kind of horse. Yes, if he could be a bad's not the right word. He could be a distant third on Saturday, and I don't think anybody uh, would fall over. But, you know, with the exception of the San Diego, and I don't want to beat him up for that. It was a darn good effort and, and good for him. They've never bet him in his, you know, claim to fame was a big figure. Someone had to be second in a cigar mile that no one will remember next week, let alone next year. Yeah, my thing about that race, and I think I said it when I was yapping about it, but I do think it's important to note how against the profile of the oh, track yeah. that day he was. It was that was a better than it looked second. Like I, I rate, I don't rate him far off of Hoist the Gold on that, even though there were four and a half lengths between them, because I think that's how much of a difference the the track was making in there, um, in that in that spot. So it'll be fun to see how it plays out, and, and believe me, I I mean I'm not. 
the logicals will be on tickets here. This isn't a warm heart where I even have, I'm not going to probably be brave enough to do it, but with warm heart, I have the idea, geez, if she's going to be even money, I'm, I'm okay. Just fading her completely. I'm not looking to completely fade the favorites in here. I just wanted to come up with a different approach and, and that's, uh, that's going to be a big part of it for me. We'll see how it plays out on Saturday. Any closing thoughts before we get to the next segment of the show, where I'll talk about the, the three Santa Anita races that come after these two. Well, nothing, you know, over the top, but this is a day where the pools will be massive. They'll be, we like to think Pete, you and I, and a lot of people listening and are, are sharp. And these are days where, you know, you can take a few rubber bands off the bankroll uh, <laughs> and get involved because the pools will be, like I said, absolutely massive. And there are, we've just talked about it. There are horses you can lean on, but I think there are also favorites you can lean on, but there are also some favorites that don't have to win. And I think as players, uh, that's where we really do get the best of it in the in terms of these. Hey, listen, the other thing too is the rainbow was not hit as we talk on Thursday, uh, provided it's not hit on Friday. It does pay out Sunday in a mandatory day. That pool on Saturday could be, you know, two to three million dollars as well. So, uh, you know, you can get involved in that. And the late pick five could could be two million easily. So uh, a lot, lot of fun, uh, huge, huge day. And credit to the, the racing office, because as, as we just talked about these stakes on Saturday, one through 12, the uh, horses wise are are really deep and competitive. The fur will be flying. I look forward to seeing you in person. Hopefully we can uh, raise a glass if we can get the logistics of that organized in this uh, mess of a weekend, especially with my uh, in and out trip that I'm doing this time around. But uh, Brian, always great to catch up with you and really appreciate your time in such a busy week. Yeah, Pete, thanks for having me. Miss you and uh, we'll see you down here uh, this weekend. And like I said, hopefully we can get together. And uh, we don't have to stop at one. We can raise as many as we want. Always a pleasure, buddy. I like the way you think. Cheers, brother. This week's Lanes in Legacy of the Week is Track Phantom. This son of quality road is on a three-race winning streak around two turns. This forwardly placed Lecomte winner can cruise on the front end or stock and pounce when his rider gives the cue. Track Phantom earned a 90-buyer speed figure, and 110 time form US figure in his wire to wire win in the Lecomte. Track Phantom's future looks bright as the distances get longer. His performance in the Lecomte was notable because it came without much encouragement from jockey Joel Rosario. Quality Road doesn't need much introduction at this point of his stallion career. Sire of 15 grade one winners, three champions, and Preakness winner National Treasure, who might also be a Pegasus winner in the next few days. Quality Road is a leader in the auction ring, too. In 2022, he had an impressive sale at Keeneland September with seven yearlings selling for $1 million or more, including the sale-topping Colt that sold for $2.8 million. Let's not forget Quality Road's son, City of Light, who is off to a heck of a start as a stallion, just like Daddy. Track Phantom is an exciting Kentucky Derby prospect for Quality Road. Must be 15 links back. Toucan Group and Tizzy Indy remains last, but now with inside three for longs to go. It's Track Phantom. Nash has been right there near with Track Phantom. Track Phantom and Nash as these three-year-olds turn for home. Lat long on the outside and Ethan Energy, and these are well clear. Three quarters in one minute 13, point 15 seconds. It's Track Phantom who sets sail for the final furlong. Nash in full stretch. It's Track Phantom who has the kick. Nash chased the pace. Then Lat long, Ethan Energy, well back to Tizzy Indy, now fifth. It is Track Phantom with Joel Rosario. Track Phantom, wire to wire in the Lacombe. 
one by three from Nash. Lat Long was third, fourth close, Tizzy Indy with Ethan Energy who flattened out, and Kent Group was last home in 144.73. Happy to announce that we're back in business with our friends at Cut. Going to be hearing much more about them in this next segment. We've got a promo code for you. ITM24 gets you a 10% deposit bonus. What a great way to bet the NFL playoffs this weekend. Whatever else you want to bet, really, basketball, hockey, etc. Download the Cut app and check it out. Use that promo code ITM24 for a 10% account deposit bonus. There's also a link in the show description you can use to get the bonus as well. Last but not least, we're going to talk a little sports betting, specifically the NFC and AFC championship games. This segment brought to you by our friends at Cut. That's K-U-T-T. You're going to want to download this app if you want anything to do with sports betting. This is social betting, and there's several advantages to it, including the pricing. 3% is the commission paid on the net of the, the amount bet. So you're really doing very well here compared to traditional sports betting. It's also just really fun to be able to challenge people. And challenging is how we're going to start this segment because I know a certain Lions fan you hear on these airwaves from time to time. And I have a feeling I can get him to take the Lions side of the bet in this NFC championship game where I like the other side, San Francisco, uh, giving the seven points at home. Let's see if I'm right. We'll bring him in now. Our resident Lions fan, our north of the border expert, everybody's Breeders' Cup betting challenge champion. He's Drew Coatney. Drew, what's up, buddy? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's been it's been a little bit of a break. I, I miss our friends north of the border, but uh, yeah, it's a great weekend. We uh, have Pegasus World Cup coming up. Um, great to get involved in their betting contest that they have going on. Uh, they're adding the 50,000 to the pool, which is a unique uh, advantage uh, for us contest players. So thanks to First Racing for putting that on. So we've got that Saturday, and then it rolls right into Sunday football. So I don't think weekends like this get any better. It's It's got a spring vibe in the air here in, uh, in January in Columbus, Ohio. Um, temperatures in the 50s, 40s. So I'm ready to rock and roll and uh, get after it this weekend. Let's, before we get into the challenge bet, I just want to underline about the Pegasus World Cup. We've been promoting that. You can still sign up to join hybrid contests. You can play on-site or online. And Drew, for In The Money Plus people, are you committing to doing a special write-up? I Yes, I have most of it drafted already. I am not playing in the contest. Uh, I am very selection-oriented in where I'm playing, and uh, 12000 is a lot of money. Uh, in general. So I, it's just not the right time. I like playing in track. So I'll, I'll be at the grade one gamble um, heading out to the NHC, but uh, doing, doing the uh, online thing, it's hard for me. I don't know why. Um, whenever I'm on track, I'm just more focused. Yeah it, has a little bit, yeah. it has a little bit to do with the at home family thing. Last online contest I played in as they reached the top of the stretch and my horse is fading my three-year-old son comes in and right it's like uh, you get to learn some new words no uh surprisingly not right because i i shifted my attention to him quickly and said you know what i can watch a replay if i need to so 
Um, didn't make for the greatest of, of days. And I think I've, I've learned my lesson, and especially when $12,000 is on the line in my office. Yeah. Um, At 12000 to be clear, that's the two entry price. You can get mm-hmm. in there for six. And it's interesting because of that seeded money, 5000 is your bankroll. So if you're not like Drew and not uh, pretty much definitely going for broke in the contest, you got a real good chance to walk out of there with more money that you came in with. But in also Drew not playing, that, that makes it that much easier. Now, granted, you've done write-ups of contests or write-ups of races on contest cards you've played in before, but this gives you a little bit more opportunity to really delve into the strategy without hamstringing yourself. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think it takes anything crazy. I mean, just to lay my cards down a little bit. Um, you, you're really just trying to turn 5,000 into 80. But I think if, you, if you're if you a player who's saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to play this amount of money anyways, um, and I like two horses, I, I think just two horses will get you there, um, whether it's Ice Chocolat or Mason in this really great mile turf race that's race five, an optional claimer. Or if you're saying, hey, I'm going to stake an anchor to First Mission or, uh, or National Treasure, I those two plays will get you probably a nice seat and some cash on the side as well. So right. you mentioned 80 as your guess of what's going to win it. I know Matt Miller feels the same. I haven't looked at the previous years, but my gut was having so much of that 6,000 be bankroll. It might change the way a lot of people play. And I was hoping you could get it more like 10 X 12 X, but you guys are better at this than I am. And you both think it's going to be 15 X that's starting bankroll. Anyway, but we're getting in depth here. If you want more, Check out In The Money Plus, inthemoneypodcast.com slash plus to get Drew's right up. We're going to probably have some extra other content as well on the network for this weekend, and you'll certainly get little digests of all the picks like you always get, etc. But let's get back to the matter we brought up at the top of this segment, Drew. You accept my challenge? Do you believe in your Lions? In Dan Campbell, I trust. Um, <laughs> someone on M Live reported some of the injuries these guys are playing through. Um, one of our players is playing through like three broken ribs right now. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if it's true or if uh, I, I made a joke with my friends. This is probably Tanner reporting um, <laughs> who's some frat bro whose dad knows someone and he heard it from that person and now it ended up on Lem Live. So, Sounds like backstretch gossip. Exactly. So I think this team is really – a dynamic team. I think the defense doesn't get enough credit. And this reminds me a lot of the Rams game where I think the Rams offense was just as potent as the San Francisco 49ers. Every time they got the ball, you were holding your breath. Kyrie Williams is that breakout rookie, very similar to, I think what Christian McCaffrey is in terms of, I think Kyrie Williams just continues to shoot upward in terms of stock price. And then you've got the two big receivers outside with Debo and, uh, Iuke and the likes, whereas you had something similar on the Ram side of the ball with with Cup and who pretty much had a non game and uh, and Puka Nakua. So I I see a lot of similarities. Love to see that the Rams defense is giving up uh, the fifth most yards in the league uh, to uh, to running backs receiving wise. Niners, you mean? You said yeah, Rams. the Niners. Sorry, yeah. And so with Gibbs in space, and he likes to be able to catch the ball too. I, I think the Lions keep this competitive and seven points is a lot to give up. So you may see in the first you know quarter uh, a very similar Ravens game where they get blown out completely, but I just don't think that's going to be the stance they take coming into this one. I, I buy it. I mean, my thought on taking the Niners is I think there might be some 
little bit of overreaction to how bad they looked last week. And I, I think the game plan got screwed up with the Samuel injury. And obviously the rain was in Purdy's head. But rather than think back to the Purdy who looked like the Purdy that all his detractors think he is that we saw basically for the, the middle two and a half quarters of the game, I'm going to focus on the fact that they were able to game plan out a way for him to get his confidence back and really look like a star football player on that last drive. And, and I think that's the Purdy we're going to see here. And with the prep time to, you know, I don't think Samuel's going to play, but to, to at least come up with a plan that doesn't involve him from the beginning, I think there's a chance they run your Lions who, you know, have played really admirably and given you guys a, a great run for the money. But in the spirit of what Cut is all about, which is challenging people, and it's fun to challenge somebody when it's one of their favorite teams involved. Just have a little bet here. That's going to be for money, but also for bragging rights. So if you accept, I'll send that out on Twitter, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll get a little bet going on this NFC Championship game. Yeah, I, I love it. And, and no, let's not forget, in October, Bengals destroyed the Niners, more or less, um, without a Debo. Um, Brock Purdy was average. Uh, the Vikings beat the the 49ers. Um, looks like uh, Debo was out again. So I, I just think this team it needs all of those weapons. I don't think Purdy's that good. I mean, he is just an efficient man. And if the Lions come out screaming, um, I think Purdy's going to have a really hard time trying to be, you know, get creative and, and take these deeper shots and deeper risks. So it's going to be a fascinating game. I think it's the fun game of the weekend to watch. I know the chiefs Ravens will be a, a good one, but I, I just, I just think this is going to be fascinating. And uh, for us lions fans, uh, it's like a dream come true coming, uh, coming one game away from the big dance. It would, I mean, I have to admit as a neutral, it would be great to see, but as somebody with Niners, Ravens, uh, Quinella Super Bowl at a good price, I, I'm just going to hope that the favorites prevail. But speaking of that, I'm going to make a challenge to the listeners that is actually something I don't I'm going to be on the side that I don't want to see happen. It's a hedge to my position with that Quinella in the AFC game. I want to bet the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl as a hedge against my other position. I'm hoping Baltimore beats them. I think Baltimore is going to beat them, but I'm exposed enough that I'm willing to put some chiefs money out there if anybody wants to lay that now you're obviously going to be taking a little bit of a short shorter price on that but i'm going to post that on cut i'm going to send that around on social and if you want a piece of it i think you're probably getting the best of it honestly laying them because you'll have running for you two consecutive weeks the two best teams in the nfl in my opinion in the form of baltimore and san francisco We'll see. I mean, gosh, if the Chiefs play like they played last week, they absolutely are drawing live to win the whole thing. Obviously, Mahomes might just be one of these guys who's, you know, sprinkled with fairy dust at the playoff time and just becomes completely different sauce. My gut, my handicapping brain tells me, no, 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 go with what you thought all year, that they were a little bit puffed up, not as dynamic in years past, and that Baltimore are the best team and a better team than they are in the AFC and probably overall. So anyway, I'm going to put that challenge out. If you're interested in opposing the idea of KC winning the Super Bowl, go on to cut 
and match me. You can download the app. There is a web way of doing it, but the app is really what you want to do. They now have credit card funding. If you were working with them before and, and had any issues with funding, there's credit card funding available. Check it out. It's going to be fun. You have any opinion in this AFC game? Yeah, the Chiefs are hard to buy at this point, right? It was like, where did that performance come from with with the receiver core just catching everything? And I think it's really a testament to the Bills' secondary so banged up, comes into the Ravens game, much tougher defense. I think we're going to go back to the Chiefs that we saw before of, oh boy, poor Mahomes. Pat, he needs some he needs some targets to go get after. So I, I think that was the what we saw with that kind of golden game, as it were. And uh, I think they're going to come back down to reality. I'll tell you what, the football gods clearly were asleep on the job. You know, DeMar Hamlin was meant to get that fourth down. Clearly, the narrative, uh, the script, that's how it was supposed to read. And and I, I don't know how they messed that up. And it really messed me up because I did have one backup Super Bowl, Quinella. And yep, you guessed it. That was Buffalo against San Fran. And uh, those ones went up in flames, unfortunately. But uh, very cool. exciting. You know, you know the script it was written of, okay, do we? what's more valuable? Getting DeMar Hamlin a fourth down or seeing Taylor Swift in the Super Bowl? It's a great point. You, you know, and, the, and maybe another reason why my bet is uh, why your cynicism about the Chiefs is unwarranted and, and my saver bet might end up uh, getting itself home. That's very funny. Um, all right, Drew, great stuff. Look forward to reading your write up on the plus side. Look forward to getting you back on these shows much more in the coming weeks. Uh, we will be talking soon. Thanks, my friend. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. I want to thank all of today's guests and want to thank our founding partners, 10 Strike Racing. Great to uh, going to be a great opportunity to see Marshall Graham and hopefully some other 10 Strike partners down at the Pegasus. And we thank Kim Weir, the first sponsor, really, we ever had. Can't wait to talk to her about her new role. Most of all, though, want to thank all of you, the listeners, for making these shows so much fun to do. Please check out the content elsewhere on the network. We have so much stuff. We are bursting at the seams this weekend, and hopefully we're going to give you some winners and uh, some entertainment as well along the way. This show has been a production of In The Money Media. I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. May you win all your photos. <laughs>